have a hero who meets a villain and they go through the external, internal and, you know, philosophical problem who then meets a guide who demonstrates empathy and authority, right? Like that's that empathy and authority. And, and uh, it's something that really makes a big impact when you're working with couples because they get that you're not trying to do what you do. You're instead trying to help them get them where they want to go. And and once you can wrap your head around that and change your business approach, your, your sales experience from me, 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 to how can I help you get where you want to go, everything opens up you run your own business, which I'm guessing you do if you're listening to this, you have to deal with sales and you have to deal with pricing and you have to deal with how to do all those things, how to deal with client inquiries when they come your way or job inquiries and how do you respond and how do you respond about pricing? Because that's the first question that always gets asked. And in this episode, we talked with Sam Jacobson from ID Action Consulting. I've known him for years. He used to sell for one of the higher end ultra luxury wedding planners. He has sold literally millions of dollars worth of weddings. And so he really knows what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. And we go into it and talk about just the inquiry process, talking about being luxury versus ultra luxury and how do you deal with those different clients and then also about leveling up. So I think you're really going to dig this episode. Hope you do. And let's get into it. Before we get into the episode, just a really quick new announcement is Film Supply Club is just launching a YouTube channel. Has a lot of content. I've sort of combined the artist report, some of the photo report stuff you can find on there as in the past. But this new channel is going to be a lot of education. We're highlighting some incredible photographers. Was just out in New York filming with a bunch of really heavy hitters where it is talking about how they do their work. Some of it's behind the scenes. Some of it is comparing film stocks. But if you shoot film, I think this will be a really great resource for you and would really love any feedback on that. So just search Film Supply Club and you'll find it and really hope that you dig it. Now enjoy this episode. Sam, super excited to have you on here and let's dive into this. Yeah. Thanks, Braden. Glad to be here, man. Yeah. Well, so just give a little brief intro about what you do, because obviously we usually have a lot of photographers on here, but I wanted to bring you on because you coach a lot of people and really help them build their business or, or grow their business or whatever you want to call it. But tell us. Yeah. So I'm a business consultant. I work with event pros in all different fields, all different markets, uh, all different levels of success from just starting out to the luxury segment. And what I found is that so many people are good at what they do creatively, or they have a really great technical skill, but they don't have a lot of background on sales or marketing and how to operate a company. And so I help those people get better at what they're not great at doing right now. That is absolutely amazing because that's a huge reason why I do this podcast is for that very reason is I feel, and um, we could talk about this offline, but you know, I've, I've been backboning a book for a while on basically that topic. It's like, I really feel strongly that a lot of people become in some, like if you're an artist to some degree or you're good at something, then all of a sudden you start getting paid for it. And then all of a sudden now you've got a lot of like inquiries coming in jobs. And now you're all of a sudden you've got a job, you know, and then what, how do you then turn this thing where you had a talent into uh, making a living? And how do you do that sustainably is a really, really big question. Yeah, it is. You know, if you're not good at running the business side of things, you're pretty much just spending a bunch of time in a hobby. 
Yeah, totally. And, and, or the other, the flip side of that is just inefficiency. So you're spending so much time on this. Like a lot of people start their side project or want their side project to be their full-time thing. Or you also hear the story of, you know, it's like, what, if you do whatever you love, it'll never be a job. And it's like, that's, that's a bunch of BS. I think it can suck the love out of that thing that you love if you, if you let it. But what are, when you, so you meet with a lot of different people at all sorts of levels. What are some of the common thread issues that you are really dealing with? You know, I work with a lot of different people in different, uh, you know, different markets, different fields, different levels of success, like I said. And there's, you know, I think there's a common theme that continues to run through, which is how do I grow my business in a crowded marketplace? You know that that may come out in, in in different words. It could be a crowded marketplace. It could be that my market is so saturated. It could be that people are undercutting me. There's so many newbies. I mean, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I think industry veterans hear this all the time and and think it and sometimes say it out loud to other people. And and really, what's going on is that there's so much opportunity to enter into the market that anybody who wants to compete at some level, whether it's part-time or full-time or in different areas of the, of the market, they can get in so quickly and so easily. And so what that means is that there's a lot more options and people who are, are getting married or people who are you know hosting an event have, ha- have so many options that they can't actually choose well because they're overwhelmed by the opportunities out there. And so it's not good for, for us in the business and it's not good for people who are trying to use our services. So what do you, what is someone, I mean, that, that obviously is something that a lot of people can say is a great excuse is like, I'm, there's so many photographers out there. There's so many wedding planners out there. Someone who can, you know, it's like their dad could just buy them a camera and now they're a photographer or they've got a big following on Instagram. Now they're a pro photographer and they have a bigger following than I do. So it's like, how am I competing now? And so what, how, how, what do you do? Yeah. So I think with, with, with the competition out there, really the focus has to be on uh, providing a better experience once they actually connect with you. And, and I, I, I go through and I kind of do simple math and let's just say that, you know, you have a hundred people who visit your social media feed, right? Which is really where a lot of people are, are attracting, uh, you know, potential clients these days. So you, you know, you've got your photos in there. They're beautiful. They go to your, they go to your social media, they go to your Instagram and, and you've got a hundred people who land there out of those hundred, you might get, I don't know, let's just say 50, go to your website out of the 50, you go to your website, you might get 10 who inquire and eight of those might actually get information from you. And then you might book one or two. That's actually pretty good numbers that, that, you know, one or two out of a hundred who have heard about you. So my focus and what I work with my clients on and what I recommend to photographers who are out there, any wedding pro really, is stop focusing on trying to get more people to your social media feed and instead focus on the people who already know about you and have been to your website and have inquired and get them to become your clients. That to me is really where the growth can occur. And is... It, can you expand on that? Just like, so what is, what does that look like? Is that, is that sort of based on the thousand true fans article? Are you familiar with that one? Yeah. Oh, well, thousand true fans. It's, it was written by a guy whose name escapes me, but he was a big editor for 
a big magazine that was popular is popular. And he made the arguments like you don't need hundreds of thousands of followers. You don't need hundreds of thousands of customers. If you actually have just a thousand true fans that will miss you when you're gone, that will like, they, they trust you. They're fans. They, they actually like want what you are giving because you've given so much. It's, it's really, it's like, how do you like give, give, give It's a Gary Vaynerchuk stuff. And then you have this ability to ask. And when you do ask, like if you have a hundred dollar product and a thousand people are buying those from you, you can make a living, you know? So it, it's sort of based off of that, but it's, it's actually developing fans versus just trying to get everybody to like you. Absolutely. Uh, that is, I think, so important. One of the the things that I think that we forget about is that people who see us on Instagram or run into us at a networking event, they aren't ready to buy. And that's the real problem is that we we believe, we want to believe that when as soon as somebody hears about us, that they're like, great, sounds amazing. You have beautiful work. You know, I have a need. Let's figure out a way to work together. That's not how the decision-making process goes. You have to move through these different stages through the buyer's journey. And that I think is where a lot of wedding pros mess it up is that they're not focused on moving people from one stage to the next with micro commitments. Instead, they're trying to, you know, get married on the first date, if you will. And, and, you know, just like you don't want to talk about politics and religion and how many kids you want to have when you first meet somebody for a cup of coffee, you probably don't want to, you know, smack them in the face with this huge email that gives them all of the information about your services and your pricing and your packages. And here's my contract and, you know, click here to accept proposal. That's what a lot of people in the event industry and, and specifically in photography are doing. They get an inquiry and then all of a sudden they send all the information you could ever want to to make a purchase and then they wonder why they get ghosted and the reason why they get ghosted is because they're talking about too much stuff too early on and it's not connecting with the person who's interested in learning just a little bit more from you rather than everything all at once so I, I do think that there's some of that that's going on I think there's a lot of that actually that's going on to your thousand true fans what I what I think the tie-in there is has to do with not focusing on the things that aren't working, but instead putting the focus on things that you know need to work better. And, and, and the sales experience is something that we all have control over. We don't have control over how many followers we have. We don't have control over the word of mouth that happens. We don't have a control over the Instagram algorithm or, or so many other parts of the marketing experience. We give up that control to other people. But what we do have control over is how we respond to people when they inquire about our services and what we do next. And that's what I think that people should focus more on. Can I walk us through life example? Like let's let's say someone emails and they're asking a photographer the email is like hey I'm getting you've got your simple questions that you ask on the form that they're filling out and so you've got your venue, your date or what the job is and then I mean I added actually added on my site it's like hey do you have what's your budget for photography and some people are answering that some people put just still trying to figure that out but they they enter that info. They tell a little bit of info about themselves because I prompt them to, and then they say, so what's your pricing? So what, how do, how do, let's just say me. So how would you recommend that, that example then responds instead of, instead of giving them what they ask, which is for pricing. And I actually like, I don't give pricing, you know, I want to get in front of people. I want to talk to them because I want to get a little charm in the picture, you know, and that's the thing that I feel like I do really, really well. And 
if I was to just send off budget, it's like, I want to have a conversation. I want to start that relationship that I think you were getting into earlier, but yeah, what do you, what do you recommend? I'd, I'd recommend what you're doing, you know, and, and, and trying to get as, as much information as you need to get them to inquire, right? So name, email, um, you know, if they have a date, great. If they have a venue, amazing. And, and you know, an open form field of, you know, anything else I should know or anything else you want to share, then, you know, send, right? So that's pretty pretty basic stuff on the website. The inquiry, when it comes through, the goal of the inquiry is not to book the potential client. The goal of the inquiry is to get them on the phone. That is what you are trying to do. Now, you could do it face-to-face if you want. I think that's a lot of uh, commitment on behalf of both parties, right? To meet somebody that you don't really know much about and they don't know much about you. Um, and and it's, that's hard to do if you were to get, you know, a couple of three inquiries a week. You're doing, you know, 100 to 200 in-person meetings a year, which is, that's a lot. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I just to jump in on that, like, I, I think there's the range. I think there's when you're getting the volume, there's that situation. But like in my situation where I'm getting inquiries mostly directly from planners and they're usually really high end things. I literally will, I will fly across the country to have a meeting, you know, but it's not going to be just the email that comes in through, through my website, because generally those are not going to be able to book me, you know, that, that sort of a thing. But I think that's a, a different conversation. But I mean, I think also the other thing is like, I know when most of my inquiries were local, I still did try to meet like it's either you now FaceTime is available when I started out that wasn't available but it was like if they're local to you I mean I would say why not try to set up like a coffee shop or if you have an office that can meet or somewhere cool that represents you a little bit versus I mean I always think face to face is better than a phone call I think in I think in many situations it is and 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 you know we'll touch on this a little bit when it comes to uh, different buyer types there are certain buyers who are out there that do enjoy the face to face uh, and and those are people who like doing things with people uh, there are other people uh, who who like working by themselves or see hanging out with the people as a waste of time. And I know to you, that sounds crazy, but that's because you're, <laughs> you're such a collaborator, right? Like I know yeah. you, Brayden, right? Like we've hung right. out, we love chatting. You're a face-to-face guy. Like that's super, super crucial. But there are other people who don't have time for things like that, especially living in, you know, like Southern California, there, you know, it could be an hour round trip just to go, you know, two miles on the freeway somewhere. And so that would cut into the time that they, they need to do other things. So I think a lot of it really is reading who your buyer is, and that's going to come through that phone call. So on that phone call that you hop on, you are trying to form a connection. You're trying to uh, understand who you're talking to and what's motivating them, what's driving them, and and how they how they like to receive information, how they like to work with people. Uh, you're trying to build trust with them. You're trying to uh, understand really what all of their needs are. And, and not just the needs that they, that they express, but also the ones that you find buried down underneath. And then lastly, you're trying to figure out where are they at in the decision-making process. Just because they inquire doesn't mean that they're ready to purchase. And so you have to provide the right information at the right time. And that's a, in large measure based on where they're at in the decision-making process. If they don't know what they need yet, if they don't know what they want, you have no business talking about money and you certainly have no business talking about what kind of services you offer because they're going to become overwhelmed with all the services that you're trying to give to them because they don't even know what it is that they want yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
I guess, how do you, when do you, I, I know what my answer is, but when do you feel like is an appropriate time to start talking about money or, or like, because I think on the, a lot of people are just searching for like, what, like, are you going to be in my price range? You know? So how, like I try to push that off, but like, how, what do you do when people are like really hungry to find that you either? Is it like, I know these people just aren't my type of person or. I think that most people, I think most people have a sense of what they want to spend. And this is for people who aren't uh, working with a wedding planner. So, um, and we can talk about the differences there because I know you've got, uh, you know, a lot of film photographers, right. And typically that's going to be in a higher end uh, market segment and you'll be working with a lot of planners. So we can explore that in just a second. But for people who are working directly with the clients, I think that when money comes up, you should have it on your website for a starting at price. I think that that's important just to put on there. I, I don't believe in a pricing page or, or an investment page or any of that. I don't want to devote equal space in the navigation to something that is really truly not terribly important in the beginning part of the buyer's journey. Instead, I, I just recommend a starting at price. It could be starting at you know thirty five hundred or or forty five hundred or fifty five hundred, whatever it is. Um, once you get them on the phone and you talk with them, they of course want to know pricing and availability and your, your message to them really is, Hey, yes, I'm available. Yes, I can get you pricing. Unfortunately, I don't know what you need yet. And I don't want to sell you something that you don't need. And I don't want to waste your time if, if you aren't going to end up using it. So why don't we hop on a call real quickly to find out a little bit more about what's important to you. And then I can get you some more accurate pricing. And, and you may get some pushback from some people. Um, most people will. My, my, my experience with the clients who have never done this before that are typically used to emailing back and forth and then move to this trying to jump on the phone, you're, you know, once you get reasonably good about responding to people, seven to nine times out of 10, you're going to be able to get somebody on a phone call. So right. I get that all the people who are listening to this right now are like, but my people don't want to hop on the phone. They say they're too busy. Uh, you know, I don't have time for it. Here's what I can tell you. I type at 40 to 50 words per minute. I talk at over 200 words per minute. I am literally five times faster at talking than typing. And, and we can get more done in a 10-minute conversation than emailing back and forth over the course of a week. So for you people out there who think that your clients are too busy or you're too busy, the math says you're wrong. And I would, <laughs> yeah. I would strongly suggest um, not using that as an excuse. But I think also, more importantly, um, you know, for those people who say they don't have enough time uh, or they're like, I just want to know how much it costs, you know, I usually just flip it back around on them, like asking them, hey... Uh, if you were, you know, inquiring with the travel agent and you ask the travel agent, do you have any vacations and how much do they cost? The travel agent is going to be able to give you any accurate information. They're going to want to know how many people are going. Where do you want to go? How long do you want to go? Do you want to be on the mountains or the beach? Do you, you know, X, Y, and Z. Or uh, if you were to talk to a real estate agent and you're like, hi, I'd like to buy a house. How much do they cost? The real estate yeah. would go, I'd like to get you some information. Unfortunately, I need to know a little bit more, like how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, what neighborhood, how you know, how many square feet, what kind of amenities do you want? Do you want a, you know, a redo or do you want to you want something that's ready to go? So I think that if you can position what you offer in a similar way, people are more open to recognizing how important it is for them to identify what's important to them. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think so much of it too is, is really that what you mentioned at the very beginning is it's not about just getting them what they're asking. It's, it's about starting a conversation. So, and, and I really believe about being, 
maybe this is the start of a conversation, but how can you be a resource to them? Whether or not they, they end up using you, like giving them a good experience of saying, Hey, I'm happy to be of help. If I'm not available, maybe I can help you find somebody who is, which then all those different things where you can just be like someone I'm, I am a wealth of knowledge when it comes to weddings, when this is the first time they've ever done this. So I have a lot of advice I could give, you know, yes, that might be wasting some time, but it's that little element of added service where it's saying, Hey, let me, let's, let's talk about this. What are you looking for? Do you have all these, uh, are you working with any other people? And then that might even be, Oh, I work with them all the time. Or it could be like, Oh, okay. You're looking for this. Let me help you with that. And then it's just starting that conversation. And and that right there, Braden, that's exactly what will differentiate you against your competition more than a great website, more than more followers on social media, more than a cheaper price, more than better photography. It's that service approach, that helping rather than educating, that trying to find out more information rather than prejudging and pre-qualifying by putting a big, huge price tag uh, up on, on your website. That's how you're going to pull people in. And again, think about what it's like when you go through and make a major purchase. Um, you know, whether it's, I don't know, say something goes wrong with your house or you need to find, uh, you know, a, a, a babysitter for, you know, one of your kids. You're going to first go to some recommendations. Why? Because the person who's been there before can cut through all of the overwhelming options that you have to choose from. And, and so if you've got, if you don't have a planner working on your behalf, you're really looking for somebody who can help you cut through the noise. Everybody's on Instagram, Pinterest, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to yell at you, yell louder than the competition to try and get your attention. And, and as a, as a wedding couple that's getting married, all you want to do is just cover your ears and just like find the one person who's got their hand outstretched that says, Hey, come with me. I'm going to show you a way through all this BS so that you can actually enjoy something that you were originally excited for. And now you're like, gosh, maybe we should just elope and screw this whole thing. Do you, have you read Don Miller's book, uh, building a story brand? Yeah. So that, and that's a, if for anyone listening, he's got a podcast as well. Don Miller's a really great author. He used to write, um, memoirs, but like blue, like jazz is his most famous book probably, but it, it's the, the hero's journey. That story is so often we think as a business owner that we're the hero in the story that we're trying to tell. And we talk about how awesome we are, but really the perspective is from a business owner, we are the guide the hero is the customer. The hero is this couple. And so in any good story, there's an obstacle that this hero needs to overcome. So how can you as the guide help them? If you can show them that you're able to help them overcome their biggest fear, their biggest challenge, which is in this instance, possibly a wedding, you know, how do you, how do you, if you can solve those problems for them and they feel taken care of and you have got them and you're going to do a good job. And all, you know, I think, yeah, I think that is one of the most important perspectives to shift versus like thinking that you have to tell, you have to prove to them how awesome you are. It's like, no, 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 let me, it's, it's estimating or, or already knowing, I can't think of the word, what I'm trying to say is a simple word, but, um, basically preemptively knowing their struggles ahead of time. So then you can t like solve their problems while talking to them. Right. Yeah. Is that yeah. That, that, that's exactly it. You know, I think that if people were to ask me like in one word, what it is that I would use to describe the sales approach that, um, that I use, that I did use when I was selling weddings 
because I, I do have experience, right? Like I've, I fielded literally thousands of inquiries myself. So I've booked hundreds of couples. I have sold, you know, close to $10 million in events directly to couples. So like, I know what goes on. And, and, and if I take a look at all the 15 years that I've worked with events and, and couples directly, the one thing that I think probably sets itself apart when it comes to a methodology is empathy. And and this is why, like when I started talking, you immediately went to Donald Miller, right? Because that's what he talks about is that that step four, right? You have a hero who meets a villain and they go through the external, internal and, you know, philosophical problem who then meets a guide who demonstrates empathy and authority, right? Like that's that empathy and authority. And, and uh, it's something that really makes a big impact when you're working with couples because they get that you're not trying to do what you do. You're instead trying to help them get them where they want to go. And and once you can wrap your head around that and change your business approach, your your sales experience from me, 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 me to how can I help you get where you want to go, everything opens up and people start moving through the world with you rather than you trying to grab them as they walk past. That is money. <laughs> and I, I really would encourage people to go read that book or listen to his podcast. And, but I think that that perspective is for any sales business, that is the most important part. And I think it's really easy because we're, we think we're trying to sell ourselves and we're trying to sell this couple. And so we just talk about how awesome we are. And I, I, don't, I don't think people want to hear that. Right. I agree. They don't, they don't want to hear, uh, they don't want to hear about you. They want to hear about how you're going to take care of them and help them solve their problems and get them what they want. And really most people don't know what they want. And this is why when somebody inquires with you, this is the best thing that you can do is you can help them identify what they need. So, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that my business is moving into is copywriting. And because so much uh, sales work is done online now. And so uh, we, we are looking at exploring uh, in the next month or two, opening up copywriting services. And so we're, we're, we've been neck deep in it for the last couple of months. And one of the things that we've learned is it's very simple to identify how you can work with people and get them to be interested in you and what you have to say. And that's a simple problem, agitate, solve, right? P-A-S. This is what copywriters do. They talk about a problem, they agitate it, and then they offer their solution. In sales, it's spin selling, which is uh, a methodology that was identified by Neil Rackham, who did great work in the 1980s, studying 30,000 sales meetings and conversations with, with uh, low volume, high dollar transactions, different than high volume, low dollar transactions. These are sales that require you know weeks or months or even years to make. And, and his spin stands for situation, problem, implication, and then needs payoff. So it's the same thing that copywriters have been doing for decades. And if we can take those lessons and just apply them in ways that our wedding couples are experiencing, then we're going to be able to connect with them. And, and in doing so, we're going to stand out through our actions rather than through our words or our Instagram posts. Hundred percent. I love that. Does he have on the spin model or methodology? Is there a book that someone could read on that? Mm -hmm. spin yeah, selling. spin selling okay. is the name of the book. Yeah, and and if you want, there's a spinoff called customer centric selling, which is another one of the major methodologies for sales um, that was developed based off, in large part, uh, Neil Rackham's research. 
Okay, great. I'm going to go get that one. And so just for, let's cover, I think, one more topic, which I think a lot of people are really interested in. And it's going from being that, like, you've been in business for a few years and you're doing good work, but it's that how do you get to the next level? How do you go from being like the $5,000 price range or $6,500 price range to the $10,000 price range or $12,000 price range or above? Like, I feel like that is, uh, it is scary. It is difficult and it it's a completely change. It's a complete change in customer as well. So that that's also, I, cause I've gone through those different phases and know that like all of a sudden you get out of budget for the people that used to refer you or re, where you used to get your inquiries. And so can you talk a little bit about, I'm guessing people come to you and ask like, I, how do I jump? Like help me grow those sort of questions. It is, yeah. Le- leveling up is is one of the, the the type of questions that I get asked quite a bit, especially pre- people who are in premium and, and move up into luxury, uh, or or people who are in luxury and want to move into ultra luxury. Although that's that's not as many. How do you can you define those three different tiers? Yeah, so so I just use kind of industry standards based on you know uh, people who do market research in the wedding industry and kind of a general rule is is um, you know something that's you know uh, if an average wedding is thirty thousand dollars luxury is going to be a hundred thousand dollars or so somewhere in there um, and that's going to be somewhere between seven and ten percent of all of the weddings out there which kind of fits into like what is a high net worth individual you know somebody who's basically ten percent uh, you know uh, uh, household income so. So ultra luxury would be, you know, maybe $500,000 or more, maybe 250,000. There's fewer of those, but this is really kind of 1% uh, territory, not a lot. Now for photographers, the research that I've seen out of a $100,000 budget, which would be luxury, photographers are going to pull in just a little bit over 5,000 of that. So there's there you know if you're making five thousand uh, dollars on average for your your photography services you are in the luxury space already and that's something that I think is important to know as we go through yeah. this next action you know when when it comes to leveling up one of the things that you brought up is how do I move forward without uh, completely alienating the people that I have been working with and that's that's really important you're not going to go from five to ten or sixty five hundred to twelve overnight. It's going to take a few years. And this is important because you've got to be realistic with the potential for success. Um, you, you also haven't built up a portfolio or relationships with people who uh, are aspirational clients. And it's going to be really hard to go from booking 20 weddings at 5,000 to booking 20 weddings at 10,000 because there, it's a whole new audience that you are going to be working towards. I recommend really looking at trying to take the bottom, you know, say 20 or, or 25% of your, your client base and saying, you know what, I'm going to try not to go after those anymore. And then I'm going to instead put in an aspirational 20 or 25% at, at 20 or 25% higher fees for the next year. So if you've got, I don't know, let's say you've got half of your, your, your dates booked for 2020 already. Let's say your spring's kind of booked out, but your fall is still pretty open. Then you would look at maybe increasing your prices by you know, 15, 25% for your fall and, and providing more value in important ways to get those prices. But you wouldn't want to double overnight. Um, you're going to want to, you're going to want to really open up, you know, a quarter of your dates or, or so and raise your prices, uh, you know, 20, 25% at a time. So I, I love that you mentioned that it's going to take some time because 
some advice from someone that we both know was given to me I th- in some of the first couple of years I was going to engage where, I mean, I was probably at the, I was probably in the $6,500 price range. And the answer was just like, oh, you need to be doubling those prices. Like, so, so I left and, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I need to do. And, but so what ends up happening is there's this internal devastation. It's, it is so stressful to do that and to expect it to just work or to expect yourself to be able to do that. And it was really brutal. And, and I am supporting my family at this time. And so to lose that, like to all of a sudden not book events that, you know, you should be booking it. it, Basically it's, I think it's a much better perspective to, to be told this way. So thank you for that. And for anyone listening, for, for you to be able to have grace on yourself and know that it does not happen overnight. That's right. It it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and I think the, the thing that is really important to take away is that, that your price can be determined in, in a bunch of different ways. And you can have different pricing strategies um, by just having a really high price and, and having people associate a great value or service or product tied to that is it's a premium pricing approach, right? And it's something that luxury brands do and use. And there's lots of different things that go into it. But typically, you have to be kind of first to market, you have to have already uh, a large market share, you have to offer something that nobody else offers. Um, You have to be incredibly well connected and have people who are feeding your business on a regular basis. If you have those things going for you, by all means, but I don't think anybody right now who's offering, you know, photography services in the event space uh, is, is first to market or, you know, has a huge massive market share or is offering something that other people don't. So that premium pricing approach, that prestige pricing approach is really challenging. Instead, what I, what I look at is the number one determinant for, am I ready to raise my rates is, am I already full with the rates that I'm charging? And, and that's basically, am I turning away business that would or could be booking at a higher rate because I'm already full with my lower price services? So if, if going through and looking at your, um, your, your prices is important to you as it should be, you should be reviewing these things, not once a year or twice a year, or, or even three or four times a year. You should be reviewing this every week, every month, every time you book a new event, you have the opportunity to go through and go, okay, am I ahead of where I was at this time last year? Can I take a risk? Uh, am I converting at a really high rate? Are people booking my highest price package? Are there, are there risks that I could take at increasing my rates in, in a moderate way, 10, 20, 30%, and try that out for a while? See, you know, keep all other things the same and then look at increasing the rates a bit on some of the dates. And, and, if, and if I do well, great. If I don't, then, then maybe I need to lower it a little bit and try and find that middle ground between where I was and, and where I had tried to go, but didn't quite make it. Yeah, that is incredible, incredible advice. Let's, I know you've got to run and, but I, and I would love to have you back on because there's so many more questions that I would love to dive into. But I think just in regards to a topic on this podcast, I think we, you nailed this and I, I guarantee this is going to be really helpful. And so if people want to, maybe they're hearing you, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to level up. I need Sam. How do people find out about you? 
Yeah, that's great. Uh, easy. Uh, go to ID Action Consulting on Instagram, I-D-E-A-C-T-I-O-N. And that's the easiest way. I, I offer a little bits of business advice. I do uh, uh, an Instagram live uh, four or five times a week where I uh, go through and talk about things you can do that day. Uh, I've got a, a blog that I send out once a week on Tuesdays and it's all about sales advice and how to make more money with your business. And there's a lot of level up information in there uh, that there's over 2,500 people who subscribe to it right now and uh, continues to grow. So please join that list. Uh, you can go to idactionconsulting.com slash free advice and uh, you can put your information in there and I will send you something. If you're interested in working with me, I do offer two hour strategy sessions, which are really great way for us to see how we can recognize and clarify your goals and then figure out where you're at right now and what's getting in the way of you reaching them and then chart out a path forward. And surprisingly, we can accomplish a ton in a couple of hours. And then I do offer longer term uh, mentor work one-on-one -on -one where uh, we work together and, and take care of whatever it is that needs to be done for you to grow your business. Incredible. And I am on that email list and the stuff that you do send out. I, I get a lot of emails that I usually just mark as read, but yours is one that I actually read. And it's in someone who's been in the space and knows the space. I think the advice that you give is really, really great. So I appreciate you. I appreciate that. And if anyone is interested, I would highly recommend checking him out. We're going to have you back on, but Sam, thanks tons for taking the time with us. Yeah. Thanks, Brayden. I appreciate being on. Big thanks to Sam for sharing all that. And I just think it's such important information to know about the whole sales process and how to approach your customers or your clients or whoever it is that you are trying to sell to. Hope you can go and apply some of that to your business. And remember, Film Supply Club has started a YouTube channel that is posting a new video every week. They're educational. They're talking about different film stocks. And if you have any interest in shooting film, I think it's a really good place to get some info. And always, if you have anything you want to hear about, anyone you want to hear from, please shoot me a direct message message over on Instagram at the photo report. Would love to hear from you. Any comments, anything. Love it always if you share this. And always remember, be well, shoot well, and enjoy the journey on the way. Until next time.